to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 249 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic 4th of July, three-day weekend. Oh, all that good stuff. Lots to get into tonight. Very excited. Well, I mean, we're, we're still hanging around that 11 winter mark, uh, and, and we're now through 20 races. Can you believe it? There are only six races to go in the regular season. That's nuts. Oh, so much to talk about tonight. But before we get rolling, don't forget, roast the competition. Be the first to the finish line with Five Lakes Angry Brew Coffee. Angry Brew is a massively caffeinated, amazing tasting, high octane, power packed fuel that will get you through the day, all day, every day when you need a power up. Reach for Angry Brew Coffee with a punch. And man, could I have used some coffee with a punch uh, on Monday morning when it was time to clean up from uh, the big 4th of July bash that we threw? Uh, I tell you, it was so much fun. For, I mean, like, it just all day, all week last week, like, I had to type out a to-do list, which probably doesn't surprise many of you. But, uh, yeah, like, I had to make sure I got everything in between work and, and all that good stuff and getting the uh, power wash deck, cut the grass, you know, go get the brisket, prep the brisket, smoke the brisket, like, all this stuff that I just needed to make sure that I got done. Uh, and anyways, uh, yeah, Monday morning after a full day of, of having fun with friends and all that good stuff, I, I needed a little pick-me-up to get everything cleaned up, that's for sure. So, uh, if you're like me and could use a little pick-me-up, get over to angrybrew.com, use code LAPPED, L-A-P-P-E-D, and get 10% off. Um Man, also, oh, I got another round of golf in on Saturday. I got a lot of golf coming up, which I am so excited about. Played this past Saturday, playing this Saturday. Got an outing in two weeks. Uh, Going to play up north, Mackinac Island in August. So I am I'm so excited for all of the golf that's going to be taking place. The outing coming up in a couple weeks is for Freddie the Pizza Man, who you've probably heard on the show, uh, who's just awesome, the official uh, charity of the Lap Traffic Podcast is Freddie the Pizza Man's Autism Charity. Uh, I'm excited. I sponsored a hole at the outing this year, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. Going to be playing with Brad and Andrea Yunker, so it, it's going to be a good time for sure. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with Parker Clickerman and the the crew and some guys over at the uh, E Racer Series for the Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Going to wrap that up tonight, which I'm excited about. Uh, Going to have Landon Castle back on the show, as well as Michael Cosley Jr., who is our winner of the Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Also tonight, uh, Dustin Albino from jski.com is going to be on. Uh, you guys know, you know, trying to do a couple bonus shows with them every couple weeks and haven't done one in a couple weeks. And with the way things were setting up, I'm like, man, now's as good a time as ever. Uh, so no bonus show this week. Just going to wrap everything up into one Tuesday show, which is pretty exciting. Uh, and then next week, you know, kind of a milestone episode, 250. That's, you know, quarter, you know, quarter of something right with that so uh and, and i'm gonna get you guys in the mix so if you the listener the follower would like to be a part of episode 250 next week uh you want to talk racing you want to talk about atlanta knoxville you want to 
complain about something, whatever it is, you know, let me know. Shoot me a DM, email me, uh, tweet me, whatever, uh, and, and I'll make sure to get to reach back out and, and get you scheduled for a little time slot to be a part of next week's 250th episode uh, dedicated to you guys because it's long overdue for uh, some listener calls and all that good stuff. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll fire up the wave around hotline next week. I don't know. We'll see what's going on. Uh, so anyways, Dustin and I, you know, we're going to talk Road America, social media shout-outs. Like I said, got Landon Castle uh, and our uh, Blue Emu Firecracker 400 winner a little later on in the show, social media. Uh, Newdorf is back, Lucky Dogs, which I dropped the ball on. I'll get to that later. And, of course, some lap traffic fantasy to close it out. So uh, let's get things going. Let's get Dustin Albino back on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, back for his sixth appearance as part of the Jayski Bonus Shows. You know who it is. Welcome back, Mr. Dustin Albino. Sir, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. I bailed you out this week. Yes. I am here, and you're going to get whatever you want. I appreciate that. Yeah, so um, so Lap Traffic Nation, this morning, you know, I didn't have anybody lined up. Like, I thought I had something, uh, and then that I, I wasn't sure, and it wasn't until later today that I finally confirmed with Landon and all that 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 was going to come together, which you guys will hear in a little bit. So I'm like, well... I got to get somebody. What makes the most sense? And I'm like, well, Dustin and I haven't done anything in a couple weeks. We got yep. some off weeks coming up. So rather than do a bonus show Thursday, let's see if we can wrap everything into a Tuesday show. And here we are. So uh, thanks for being here last minute, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Glad I could bail you out. And I know how that is because doing the front judge pod from 2017 to 2020 and having, you know, guests on 2018 to 2020. So two and a half years, that can be a little stressful when someone bails out last minute or, you know, you can't find someone for the week. So yeah. glad I could, glad I could help you out. Appreciate it, man. How was your 4th of July? Did you do anything fun? 4th of July was spent watching racing. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> a lot of racing over the weekend at Road America and Mid-Ohio with the IndyCar. Um, and then July 5th is actually the day on Monday I celebrated. Went went over to had a family picnic party, kind of a picnic type of deal. It was a lot of fun. What were you up to? That's awesome. Uh, so I, I, we were jam-packed. So Saturday I played some golf. Uh, and then Sunday we had about 40 people over. I smoked a 14 pound brisket, uh, <laughs> steamed hot dogs and, and all the good stuff. And, you know, I had the race on, on the background, you know, and, and just really, it was great to see people that we haven't, 4th of July is like our big party and it was great to see people and, and to socialize and to be outside and, and all that good stuff. Weather was perfect. So, and then Monday. I was like, oh man, I got to get up and clean up all this shit. <laughs> and it was sweltering hot. Like it was, it was rough go Monday morning, but uh, here we are. So we're, it was all good. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yes. I know how that is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, 4th of July is, I mean, it's one of my favorite holidays, truthfully. Uh, it's, you get to see a lot of family barbecue. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a good old barbecue. No. Um, and my girlfriend, her family take it pretty seriously too. So it was a fun weekend, you know, even though there was a lot of racing surrounding it. Absolutely. Uh, what you've been working on, man? Anything good? 
I am. I've got a piece coming out on Wednesday on NASCAR.com about Ty Gibbs. So you'll see that. Uh, make sure to check NASCAR.com on Wednesday. Just kind of talking about his development this year um, and, and kind of ex, you know exceeding expectations. Talk to Coy Gibbs, uh, Steve D'Souza, who runs pretty much the Xfinity program there, and um, uh, Chris Gallo, who's the crew chief of the 54. I should clarify. I didn't speak to Coy. It was comments he made at Pocono. So um very, very good story there, I think, um, kind of get his thought process. A couple stories, you know, in the past, Tommy Joe Martins, that was a really fun one. That was a good uh, one. Kind of in-depth in on the race team, so, and kind of where they're at in their search and sponsorship, and obviously they're a low-budgeted team, and I would dare say overachieving. So, um, especially this year in a stacked Xfinity field, even in the mid-back. So, yeah, just, you know, just kicking out content. Hoping people read. That's all right. Yes, I, I feel that. <laughs> I'm hoping people listen. <laughs> um, you know, t Tommy Joe and, and, you know, guys like him, guys like BJ, you know, th they're open books, man. You know, you want to you want to know something. You want to know how they're doing something. You know, they're not afraid to tell and, and make things public knowledge, which, you know, I, you know, I'm sure you appreciate that even more than what I do, because, you know, your this what you do isn't a hobby. And, you know, to, to be able to get that behind the scenes of how operations work, thought process, all that kind of stuff uh, that I imagine that's helpful from from guys like them. It is. They're straight shooters. And then you brought up BJ and that's a, that's a very good point. Like you could talk to BJ for hours and just, he'd give you everything on record and just tell you how it is from his standpoint. Same with Tommy Joe. And that was kind of the point of that story is just, you know, kind of get an update on Martin's Motorsports because this was a two year plan from the beginning and that, you know, the second year is running up. So we know what's going to happen come, you know, four months from now and the, the off season here. So uh, I'll be interested to see what happens there, but yes, I, I love when drivers or, you know, anyone in the sport can open up and, you know, not be so PC. How do PR. I say this? Yeah. PR tidy, I guess, yeah. you know, be kind of have to talk around the truth. So, yeah. um, yes, I, I appreciate that greatly. Absolutely. Uh, all right, man. Well, well, let's dive into the, you know, like you said, we had a bunch of racing this weekend. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I, I love the irony in this because the last time you were on, you know, we were talking about Kyle Bush and his 99th, uh, Xfinity win. And, and we did some stuff with the listeners about, will he get to 300, all this. And, and here we are, Kyle Bush picking up win three of the last four Xfinity races and social media losing its mind. Um, you know, so, I, I mean, I thought the race was great. I love that he picked up the win again, and I've, I'm even more confident he's getting to 300. Where are you at on Kyle Busch and his Xfinity win? As far as Road America specifically, he had to work for it. He really yeah. had to work all weekend yeah. for first, fin you know, first place finish on Saturday. Uh, what he finished second on Sunday. So, you know, I thought from start to finish, it was a solid, the Xfinity race was really solid. Same with the cup. I thought, even though Chase Elliott kind of walked away with it on, on Sunday, I guess Kyle finished third to Christopher Bell. Um, but I mean, I've come to expect great races on road courses in the Xfinity series, you know, truthfully the last, you know, I think at Indy last year, and I think that's why we're racing on the Indy road course and cup this year. And I remember James small had to tweet about it back then is just, you know, because that race was so good. You were three wide with Almendinger, Briscoe and Sindrick. I mean, that was good stuff, even though I think the Indy, you know, oval has been pretty good for a couple over the last few years, but I digress going back to Saturday. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Kyle, he worked for it. He went off course twice. This was a challenging place for him, and it was just a place for him to get laps, um, you know, in preparation for Sunday. So um, I would have liked to have seen what happened if there was another restart, even though, like, you know, guys like Almendinger are out of tires. Cindric was mowing back through the field after having to pit with, what, two or three to go. He finished, still finished eighth. <laughs> so if there was another restart, I mean, Kyle went from seventh to second in two corners. I would have liked to see Cindric what he could do. But, yeah, Kyle's on his way to 300. I'm not sure if they get there. Um, I know I know I've said I think he will. Um, if he keeps winning like he does in the Xfinity Series, four for four, you know, this year, I, I think he'll get there even though he only gets five a year. Absolutely. No, I'm with you 100%. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned about how in the Xfinity Series we just expect to see good racing. And not yep. that this – what I'm going to say here doesn't mean that this made it a good race, but the fact that it was a good race. And when we look at some of the people that finished in the top 10, you know, Daniel Hemrick, second place, you know, finishing second to Kyle Busch, you know, that's almost got to be as good as a win, just minus the points and the trophy. One of these days, this dude's going to close it out. Uh, you, you like to think so. <laughs> right? You know, he's just got to. You know, how long were we talking about Chase Elliott waiting for him to get that first win in the Cup Series? And then once it finally did, you know, now they're just flying off, you know. So uh, I got to think once he gets to victory lane, He's going to get a lot in, in a short period of time. Uh, you know, then you've got guys like Michael Annette. We haven't talked about Michael Annette from a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a public perspective in terms of he's not a name I've mentioned on my show. He's not a name you're seeing across social media on Saturdays during Xfinity races too often. Third place finish. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about Riley Hurst and the struggle of the 98 team all year. They finally put together a, a solid top 10, uh, you know, and then you've got guys like Austin Sendrick, Noah Gregson, you know, Justin Haley, who have kind of had, well, obviously Sendrick's had his stellar year, but, you know, Noah's had been up and down. Justin Haley's been up and down. Brandon Brown, solid finish, 11th place. You know, these are guys that are making this points battle incredibly interesting down the stretch here with nine races to go in the regular season. They are, and a good thing about Road America too is how much tire wear there is, and 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 we saw that, like like you said, like Michael Annette. When it comes to road courses, Michael Annette will tell you this himself, not his cup of tea. So for him to go out there get a top, you know, top three finish, his first top five of the year, past AJ Allmendinger with what coming to the white or maybe it was two to go, and granted he had fresher tires, but that's got to give you a boost of confidence, you know, mentally. So, um, yeah, for Michael Annette, big day, <clears throat> Daniel Hemrick. I'm trying to figure out where this team's at because if you look at it, they're consistent. They're very fast week in and week out, but I can't even tell you how many times they've beaten themselves this year, man. Like you think of Charlotte, he won the first two stages, looked to be cruising to the victory, just about every lap. Pit road speeding penalty. Can't get back to the front, gets to about seventh late race restart, gets caught in a big wreck. That was started between him and his teammate, Brandon Jones. Uh, last week at Pocono, he had the strategy down, and then he sped on pit road for a second time in the race. And, you know, he was going to take fuel only, but it didn't matter because because they sped on pit road. So, he, he you know, he had to come back in, rebounded to six. So, they are getting finishes out of it. Second this weekend, another speeding penalty. They're getting finishes out of it, but he's approaching 200 wins now at the NASCAR, you know, at the top three series. And it's like, is it ever going to happen? Right. That's, that's, that's the question. <laughs> and that's probably like for him too, like mentally, like what's going to happen next to prevent me from going to victory lane. So 
I think he gets there. I hope, I think, he, you know, I hope for himself he gets there because I think there's a lot of pressure on the JGR drivers this year with how well Ty Gibbs is performing. Well, and, and as we look as, you know, Kyle Busch, what he's done, right? He's, he's raced his five Xfinity or does he have one more left? This weekend's his last. Last, right. You know, so, you know, once once he's not in the field, uh, you know, not to say that guys like Austin Sendrick aren't going to be competing at 100%, but they might be switching gears a smidge, even though maybe they wouldn't admit it, you know, and getting ready for the playoffs, you know, to where maybe they might miss a setup one weekend. Uh, and, yep. and maybe that's where Daniel Hemrick's able to capitalize on that win, and then they can even put more focus towards the playoffs and 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 go from there. So, you know, I would like to think as as the season and the regular season winds down that that might increase Daniel Hamrick's chances of picking up that first victory. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point because especially with, you know, there's nine races to go in the regular season and it's so easy these days to miss a setup because you don't have fractional qualifying. So the likelihood of that happening is, you know, increased more than in the past where you have, you know, in the Xfinity level, like an hour, hour and a half to work on it um, throughout the weekend. So, yeah, I'd like to think Hemrick wins and wins soon. And I feel like once he does crack the seals per se, I think you'll find it, you know, victory in multiple times. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, not a matter of if, but a matter of when he gets to victory lane. Absolutely. I, I'm with you there. Uh, you know, you mentioned Tommy Joe Martins a little bit ago in the in the article you did with him. You know, solid top 15 for finish for him. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick, who I, I believe Harvick ran a BJ car, right? Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was affiliated with Storehaus, but yeah. Yeah, you know, so for them to get a, a, a sixth-place finish out of that car is 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 pretty solid. Um, you know, so a lot of good finishes from guys that we're not maybe typically talking about on the ovals, which I think is what everybody is loving about the road course racing, at least to a degree, is the fact that we're, we talk about names that aren't getting talked about every week, uh, and they're going out there and competing hard. Um and then, you know, we look at the standings and then we can get over to the Cup Series here. But, uh, you know, I, I love the fact, man, I wish, man, Josh Berry and Ty Gibbs, you know, were running for this championship because then, you know, right now we're knocking three people out if that's the case. Right now we're looking at Myatt Snyder maybe uh, bumping Brandon Brown out because, uh, you know, uh, Snyder's got well, the Snyder. win. He's got the win, you yeah. know, and but and he's only three points back from twelve from a points perspective, you know. So I, I love seeing those points battles uh, towards the towards the home stretch here in the regular season. Yeah, me too. And it's ironic because last year, you know, the the Xfinity field was two less deep. Obviously, Joe Gibbs added the fifty four car, and that's you know kind of an all star car. You got Ty Gibbs in it, you know, majority of the races. You got Kyle Busch in it, obviously. Truex ran a race. Uh, Daniel Run Darlington. John Arnema checks in a few times, but that's a standout car, obviously. So that makes the field deeper. And then Colleague adds a third full-time car. So it's ironic that, you know, kind of tying this all together, it looks like the final two spots for the second straight year is going to come down to Jeremy Clements and Brandon Brown. Um, now, I'm not saying Riley Herbst can't get into it. Right now he's 40, 43 out. Um, and they have speed. They just, for whatever reason, we've talked about this so many times on the yep. podcast, they just can't put a full race together. And that's going to bite you. I feel like if you keep, you know, messing with fire, you're going to get burned. And we got nine races to go in the regular season. Like I said, and I mean, how many more times can they play with fire? <laughs> Cause this car has speed. It's one, it won nine times last year. We know it's good. Um, and, and Riley, you know, for as much, 
as much flack, I guess you could say he gets, um, he still made the playoffs last year in JGR equipment. So he's, he's got the talent to get in the playoffs and they got the speed. So I think it's going to be a three-way battle. And I, I think it's going to come down to the wire between Clements Brown and, and, uh, and Herbs. but Clements had a bad weekend over the weekend. Brown had a solid weekend, chopped 17 points off. We're going to Atlanta. Clements was fast there in, in the spring. Brown was quick, gotten involved in an accident. So I'm curious to see how to look, you know, this time next week. Absolutely. Uh, I'm with you there. All right, man, let's talk a little cup here. I mean, Chase Elliott doing Chase Elliott things, <laughs> picking up another road course win. Um, I, I mean, it, it's it's beyond impressive what he's doing, uh, you know, because it's like for me, it's like, man, I didn't pick him in fantasy because it's like he's so hot. You know, at some point it's going to cool off and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to pick him when I when I shouldn't have, you know, but. He just keeps going out there, getting it done. You mentioned it a little bit ago. He ran away with it. Uh, I think, what, he took the lead with 15 or 16 to go and ended up winning by six, seven seconds, something like that. Like, I mean, we see that at an intermediate on an oval. Uh, so to see that on a road course, I mean, that's just that's just lights out just knowing what he's doing. And he's just so, like, calm, cool, consistent. They had an onboard with him, and it's – like he's not working the wheel very hard. He's looking very, you know, cool as he downshifts or upshifts. Just not, you know, he's just not finessing the cars like other drivers do. And they're having to work for their finishes while he's just running away from the field. So, yeah, I mean, he's only two wins away already from, you know, tying Jeff Gordon being the most, you know, all-time wins leader on a road course. And I know now there's more road courses. We got seven of them this year. Right. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's won 50% of them so far. And he's won seven of the last 11. So, I mean, that's the streak that's really, you know, quite impressive. Yes. Because if you're looking at this from a, you know, from a broad standpoint, that's essentially when Gordon Stewart are racing in their prime, five and a half years of road courses, you know, two, 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 two a, a year, year. Yep. with Watkins Glen and Sonoma. That's pretty, that's pretty freaking impressive <laughs> that he's won seven of 11. Absolutely. So, you know, and he, he mentioned it in the post-race um, interviews, too, that, you know, he'd had a lo couple bad weeks in a row. He, he had the loose wheel at Nashville where he had five loose lug nuts. <laughs> yeah. Man, that still <laughs> blows my mind. Um, and how he, he was complaining about it the whole last run, too, that weekend. And, you know, they got DQ'd. Last week, he gets involved in a couple incidents, bad week in a Pocono. So uh, this Road America just felt the perfect time for him to get back on track and, you know, Hendrick get another win. They won half the races this year. Yeah. No, it's, it's nuts, man. Uh, all right. Uh, one of the things, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what I was talking about with the Xfinity series is it just in terms of some of the guys that we aren't normally talking about, uh, you know, we, we had Bell, Briscoe, Chastain, and Riddick in the top 10. Now I put Riddick in there because one, I know we've, we're talking about him a little bit more from a from a, a general perspective in terms of RCR and, and starting to find a little speed and, and Riddick, you know, having some solid finishes. But I threw him in there because when we look at guys like Bell, Briscoe and Riddick, you know, who, who have dominated and done very well in the Xfinity series uh, and, and are really starting to show what they have on the road course levels, at least in the cup series. Um, you know, so I thought that was really a, a cool thing and an impressive thing by those guys to be able to go out, you know, 
they've run Road America, you know, so they knew what was, you know, they knew the track a lot better. And it was awesome that they were able to go out there and show that and get the finishes to support that. And then I think you hit the nail on the head there. All of those guys that you just mentioned have multiple in Chastain's case, a handful of starts at Road America, you know, prior to this weekend. Um, but you look across the board, and I think that that goes back to the Xfinity series, just running, you know, four or five road courses a year for the last few years and them honing in on the road course skills and, you know, going to the simulator and just doing all the background stuff that we don't see to prepare that helps in real life when they get to the racetrack. So yeah, a lot of those guys needed good runs specifically. I think Christopher bell, obviously he won the Daytona road course, the second race of the year, but it's been a tough year. And he said that last week, Right now, they have like an average finish, I think, 18th in first top five since Richmond yeah. almost three months ago. So, yeah, he, he needed that run. And uh, so, obviously, 50% of his top fives this year have come on road courses. There's only one of those in the playoffs. So, I, I don't know how that kind of bodes for him. But uh, you mentioned Reddick. I'm curious to get your take on Reddick because he's a guy who's been consistent here for the last three, two and a half, three months, I would say. Ten top tens this year. I think they got a lot of momentum, but they're just missing that little something to get over that bump to, you know, be more consistently in the top five. Um, but he had a lot of speed on, on Sunday. So I'm curious to get your take about where you think they're at. You know, I, I have been a big fan of Riddick. Uh, Riddick's been a longtime supporter. Not that he's the one telling me, yes, it's his PR rep, but he's never said no, <laughs> you know? So ever since he started coming on the show back early on in his Xfinity career, you know, I kept an eye on him and, and what he was doing. And I, just kept, you know, and then when he went on his tear in the Xfinity series, I, I was like, all right. I really felt like RCR was doing the right thing. They were kind of, if we're going to, in my opinion, use a baseball analogy, building the farm system up a little bit, starting at, at the Xfinity series, building things up, and then that would hopefully carry over to the Cup series. And I really feel like we've seen that. Um, especially out of that number eight team. And, you know, like you said, you know, they're there. What are they missing? And I really wonder if it's a matter of, man, if they had some extra practices and if they had some extra lap time, if they might be able to hone in on a few more top fives this year, you know, uh, would some extra lap time, you know, help improve some adjustments to where they're maybe starting a little bit better to where they're finishing to where if they could start there, then maybe they'd be able to, you know, build on it during the race to get that top five versus building on it to get that top 10, you know? So I really personally feel like that team's there it's an improvement i love it because i grew up an rcr fan obviously and and would really love to see that team you know start to get back to the win column i see the same thing with with roush uh you know and i'm excited to see what you know the addition of brad keselowski does for that team in an organization next year like if all the old school teams could at least get one or two you can get richard petty in the mix too like i mean <laughs> Man, now we're really talking. Now we're now we're cooking, and and now we're maybe getting to that fifteenth winner, sixteenth winner thing. If if we can all start to, if if all those teams can start to hone in on some wins. Well, I think you you brought up the lack of practice, and this seems to be a common denominator with this portion of the podcast, I guess, because you look at those four guys that you named: Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick. I mean, they're, they're all in their best opportunities they've had, and they're 
cup career anyway, and they've had no practice this year or last for Bell and Reddick's case, yeah. you know, being full time with, with Levine family racing, you know, for Bell last year and then with RCR for Reddick. So they're kind of learning on the fly and clearly made, you know, both made big improvements. Reddick's already got more top tens this year than he did last year. Um, and I, even at, you know, Ross Chastain, like, you know, obviously he had a big week last week or his team had a big week with the sale, the announcement of the sale of Chip Ganassi racing and him not finding out until the day of, but it seems like they found something too. Um, you know, especially Kurt Busch, like I, obviously Kurt Busch is a world-class talent, probably top five, I would say on pure talent in cup right now. Um, he's getting over a hundred points on the cut line in the last five races. Uh, Chastain's been just as quick. He just can't put all the races together. I think that's just learning these cars, learning the Cup Series. Sure. And as, as you know, Ross has a tendency to be a little bit over-aggressive, which we saw come out at, at Pocono twice. So, um, and, and, and three of his top tens lately have come on road courses, and I think that's just the disposal of him having, of him having Allman, A.J. Allmendinger last year at Colleague, Kurt Busch this year, who's, you know, both are obviously really good on road courses. So, I think we're seeing these young guys start to improve um, at the cup level, which is something I think we need. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, let me ask you that. You know, so we've talked about and the fans have talked about, and that's probably why we went and took cup to road America because of the great quality racing we've gotten out of the Xfinity series there. So we finally had it out over, you know, the cups haven't been there since one time back in the fifties. I think it was, you know, uh, what'd you think of, you know, general perspective of cup, at, at road america i'm a i am a fan i'm a big fan in fact i, I really want to go i was thinking throughout the week last week like this is an event just like nashville i had this feeling leading to nashville too like this is a big event i kind of wish i was there um so I, I think it's here to stay on the cup schedule um but with saying that we got seven road courses this year six were scheduled obviously the daytona road course wasn't originally scheduled um I don't know what the perfect number is of road courses on the cup and Xfinity schedule. I want to say five, maybe six, but I feel like that might be pushing it because I feel like we need more road courses or not road courses, excuse me, uh, short tracks as well, because we only got five right now. And then the dirt race at Bristol. Um, so it's, it's tough to balance. I would choose road America over probably some of the other road courses on the schedule for sure. Like a Sonoma, the, the quality of racing there over the last couple of years has kind of gone down. Sure. Um, even though that's a track that's similar to road America has a lot of tire wear. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's here to stay. Um, obviously they announced over the weekend, there's billboards saying they'll be back next year. So I think, I think that'll be fun. And, and I hope to be there next year. Uh, maybe I can join plus, you next year. Plus the fans, like there are so many of them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's great to see people coming out. I'm with you. I think it's it's here to stay. You know, when you talk about the perfect number, like for me, like you said, you know, short tracks and road courses. That's what the fans want. And I think the fans want that because of the package that we have and the racing that we've had at the, you know, oversaturated intermediate tracks that we have, you know. So I think we can maybe answer that question. And I'm not even going to say at the end of next year because that's going to be the first year with the new car, you know. So maybe it's 2023 that we're really able to kind of hone in on, all right, what kind of racing are we getting with the new package at the, at, at the ovals, uh, you know, more so the mile and a half and two miles. And then we can maybe actually answer that question in terms of, well, 
well, where's the fan engagement from that perspective? So we're, we might be, in my opinion, two years away from really honing in on what the perfect number for each style of track is. I think that's a good number. Um, but it also kind of concerns to too negative of a word. Um, but the fact that, you know, there's a lot of chatter in the industry right now about possibly getting a street course. Yeah. I'm kind of mixed on that because I think NASCAR has the best oval racing in the world. So, you know, focus on that. In addition to running a few road courses or a handful of them, but, you know, street courses, in my opinion, are for cars that are not nearly as heavy as, couple, you know, NASCARs are. Yeah. So, like like Indy IndyCar Formula One like they put on they can put on some great races on on street courses I'm a little concerned about that on the NASCAR side I'm all for it like you know give it a try see yeah, what happens absolutely. if it's faster don't go back um, now see that's something I would love for them to test as an all star race. Go do that. Give me something different there. Don't go. Don't give me Texas for an all-star race. <laughs> give me something yeah. like that. Give me something new to watch that we can then apply like we did for the Charlotte Roval, which turned out to be great. But I digress. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. That I feel like that would be a good a good kind of introductory to street courses if, if that's something we are going to pursue as a sport. So yeah. um, I, I'm interested in seeing how they would perform on them. Um, but again, I would, I'm kind of, it, it, but you know, kind of tying that all together too is like, what does that do to the road courses on the schedule? Sure. Does that mean we're just adding three course and then not getting rid of uh, a road course, or you know, what, what's the balance there? Yeah. So there's just few questions. There. Well, and 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 then and then we can kind of wrap it up here. But I, I would just say, you know, when we talk about what's the perfect number, well, you know, what track's going to get this? What track's going to get that? And I think it's a matter of maybe just getting in a rhythm with NASCAR's new flexibility in terms of what they have with the schedule. You know, it, it might be, you know, you're going to have your tracks that are obviously going to get two dates a year, no questions asked. You know, but it may be become a thing of, all right, maybe we go to Road America every two years to make room for something here that, you know, there may just be a rotation like that, which is obviously new to the sport, you know, and I'm curious to see how, what tracks, you know, make appearances, don't have appearances and, and all that over over the course of the next, you know, handful of years till we see what, what the actual game plan ends up being. Are you saying one of those tracks of two dates a year might be Atlanta? I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, oh, I think you know. that's, I think that's probably a good, you know, transition into the news today. And yes. I'm curious to get your take on it um, with Atlanta motor speedway deciding to repave after this weekend's event. Um, they, I guess, discussed this internally for a few months, probably even longer, really a few years. I think it was supposed to get repaved after 2017 originally. And the drivers, I think Dale Jr. is like, no, do not repave it. Um, repaving it, increasing the banking by four degrees. I mean, that that's a big move. Yeah. Um, some of the drivers had a little backlash on social media. I saw Kyle Larson, um, you know, his comments about Atlanta not really talking to the drivers or discussing the drivers about this you know, drastic change. I'm curious to your take on this. So, I mean, you know, I feel so bad for uh, my boys over at the PETM podcast who are, you know, Atlanta's their home track. I've been there, you know, seeing that track on TV versus standing on that track in person. Uh, you, you just don't get the visual and really what that track looked like and taken even I, I i developed an even greater appreciation for the track um and, and i'm i'm sad to see it 
to go. You know, I understand at some point it was an inevitability, but uh, you know, like you said, it, it's been years that they've kind of just pushed it off, pushed it off. Um, I, I think with what Atlanta is trying to do from a complex perspective, you know, uh, that probably fits into it. New track, new complex, new facilities, new entertainment, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I get that's probably maybe why now makes sense from the the overall facility perspective. Um, I, I'm glad they're at least going to make a couple changes to it, uh, you know, that, that might uh, help it. Uh, if I saw correctly, they're not tearing up. They're going on top of, uh, you know, which that might add new character versus, you know, just, uh, you know, digging out and, and laying flat and, and putting brand new on. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. And, and I understand, you know, the fans probably don't like that. And, and I get that. I didn't like when they repaved Michigan. We saw how long it took Daytona to come in. We saw what happened when they redid Bristol. Like, I, I just hope they learn from some of the past tracks mistakes in terms of, you know, how that can take some grooves away and, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we're just going to have to see what happens with the new car as well on some of these surfaces. And that's, that, that's a good point because you're bringing a new car to now a new, you know, a new racetrack essentially, <laughs> because you have, you add the four degrees of banking in the corners, you narrow the racing groove. And I get that this package is all designed to kind of keep the cars closer together. Unfortunately though, Brandon, I, I don't think that always puts on the best racing. So I don't know how it's going to affect Atlanta per sure. se. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. But I, I mean, look, this track hadn't been paved in over 24 years. Yeah. So <laughs> by law of gravity, it, it <laughs> needs to be it's refaced. Ready. Yeah. No. Nope, <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, yep. for instance, like you look at Kansas Speedway, it opened in 2001 and was repaved at the end of 2012. So 12 years. I mean, that's half the time. So yes, I think I think Atlanta's due it's for a repave. Yes, in the grants, if if you want to look, I mean that's just kind of what it is. Like it's just time. Like it's it's well exceeded expectations from that regard. You know, and you know every you know, and I get you know for me it's like I mean everybody loves it because it becomes a tire wear race and how you manage your tires and so your veterans like Kevin Harvick that just know how to you know yeah. roll the center of the corners perfectly you know so now it might even the playing field up for some guys now because they're they're not going to have to manage the tire per se as carefully you know we see that at the short tracks who can save the brakes you know so you know I, I'm, I'm I'm tuning in. It don't matter what they do. So <laughs> that's the thing. Too, is they always get the, you know, we're hooked. So yep. they'll always yep. get back. it was eye appealing, I guess, to see kind of not backlash, but kind of some of the driver, you know, sure. comments on it on, yeah. on social media and, and Kyle Larson saying like, you know, he probably knows better than what the fans know since he's raced on a few hundred different racetracks over his career. Right. I mean, I, and then they lean so heavily on, on Larson for like SMI I'm talking about same company that owns Atlanta on, you know, for the Bristol dirt race and Austin Dillon. And obviously those guys have a dirt background, but to make this, this is a big change. Yes, it truly is. Like we, we're not thinking about it like that right now, but when we see this place next year, I mean, I, it depends on how TV, you know, kind of depicts it, I guess, but it's going to be different. Yeah. And I think we're going to take a notice. So um, I'm surprised. I, I am surprised that, NASCAR and, and SMI didn't really speak with the drivers 
ahead of time yeah. before it came out. And it's, you know, knowing that they do do that on some of their bigger changes. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. And I'm curious as as things progress down the road as to what the thought process was behind that. That's that's for sure. Um, all right, man, let's wrap it with this one. Uh, speaking of new tracks, the trucks are going to run their second dirt race of the year. Knoxville going back to Tennessee. Uh, I mean, I am all about truck dirt racing. I love everything about it. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited for Friday night, man. I am too. And it's the first time that we've gotten two truck races on dirt, you know, ever so in the same year anyway so um yeah i'm i'm in i'm curious to see how knoxville kind of takes to the trucks or i should say the trucks take to knoxville um you got a lot of a lot of dirt ringers and i guess you call like donnie shots i'll be curious to see how he does um it's a late late race on friday night so that it is it's definitely a later drink your caffeine yes absolutely it's it's cool to see it's cool to see guys in it too like michael and he's an iowa native uh grew up doing a little dirt racing he's racing it flying to flying to atlanta over either that night or the next morning same with brett moffitt he's racing in the race so it's stacked fields you got 40 40 trucks entered um i hope it's I hope it's better than the Bristol dirt race. And yes. I say that there was, there was stretches of that race where it was, you know, good racing, but then it just became dust filled and a lot of guys couldn't see and caution after caution after caution. So I'm hoping that we don't get that this weekend. I'm with you. All right, man. Where can everybody keep up with you on social media? Yeah, of course, man. As always go follow me at Dustin Albino on Twitter and uh, make sure to Tune in to at Jayski. Uh, we just promote all of our stuff on, on social media and the Facebook page too. At you know Jayski's uh, Facebook page and my my Facebook page at Dustin Albino. So yeah, check us out. Um, my like I said, my Ty Gibbs piece will be on NASCAR.com on Wednesday. So definitely tune into that. Um, and hopefully you'll learn a thing or two about Ty. Absolutely, I love it, man. All right, man. Great <laughs> to catch up with you, Lab Traffic Nation. Huge thanks, Dustin Albino, for bailing me out tonight. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> we'll catch you soon. Sounds good. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. Great to get back, Dustin. Great to have Dustin Albino back on the show. Always great to catch up with him. Uh, right now, though. It's time for a little Lab Traffic social media. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lab Traffic Podcast, YouTube, the Lab Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lab Traffic PC. Uh, if you've made it this far into the show, go leave a review. Listen to the show on iTunes, Podbean, or your favorite hosting site. Tell your friends. They can even tell Alexa to play the Lab Traffic Podcast. Uh, giveaways. Haven't had one in a minute. I think I'm due. I've got a bunch of uh, Five Lakes Angry Brew Coffee to give away. So uh, I think we'll get a a giveaway going here this week. Uh, Go to angrybrew.com. Use code LAPT. Get 10% off your order. Uh, And uh, let's get some followers. And speaking of followers, uh, some new followers. Travis at Travis41273284 from Road America. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the show, Travis. Uh, Sarah at Sarah Handy underscore marketing for Ryan Ellison, writer over at Kicking the Tires. Welcome to the show. And Leanne at Leanne P09, Chase Elliott fan from Ohio. Welcome to the show, guys. If anybody wants stickers and koozies, just go to the website fill out the contact page and i'll send you some for free and hey if you want some lap traffic merch t 
T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, all that good stuff. Go to the laptrafficpodcast.com. Click on the store. There's a plethora of design, shirts, colors, logos, images, all that good stuff. Uh, so there's that. All right. Uh, you guys have been listening all the last couple of weeks with the eraser, iRacer, all that good stuff, uh, hyping up and talking about the Blue Emu Firecracker 400. The race was ran last Wednesday. We've got our winner. So let's get Landon Castle and our winner, Michael Kosi Jr. on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, I'm so excited. You guys have been listening over the last couple weeks. You guys have heard from Landon Castle. You've heard from Parker Kligerman. You've heard from the competitors. Well, it's time to wrap this thing up in a nice, neat little bow to conclude the coverage of the Eraser Blue Emu Firecracker 400. Joining me on the line, the first, he's the driver of the number four with JD Racing. Uh, this is his eighth appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast. It's Landon Castle. Landon, what's up, man? Hey, Brandon, thanks for having me. Uh, glad we can finally wrap this thing up. It's been quite a month, quite Absolute. an event. Oh, man, I bet. Uh, and also joining me on the line, he is the winner of the Blue Emu Firecracker 400 in the double, double, well, in the double zero, Michael Cossey Jr. What's up, man? How are you? Uh, it's great to be here, man. I like that. That sounds good. Yes, sir, man. All right. So uh, let's let's start with you, Mike, man. So talk about, you know, whether you want to talk about the race, the last few laps that were just absolutely incredible. The event itself, man, you know, talk about this experience for you. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a handful of days now and it's uh, still hard to believe, uh, you know, just I think, you know, you have one part of it just trying to, you know, get it in the field, get in the show and, and all the stuff before that. But uh, you get all the way up into that point and you know, you think you got a chance to win. You're one of the cars and, uh, just for the race to play out the way it did, uh, I was up in the lead getting wrecked in front of the whole field. Uh, just all the adversity I got wrecked. Uh, I got into a wreck again. Um, and just <laughs> the, the crazy luck that was on my side for one reason or another, uh, throughout the entire event. Um, and to win it, it still doesn't, it still doesn't feel real. It really doesn't. Man, it's so cool. It, it was crazy to see, like like you said, you know, the, the end of that race was just something to, to be had. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, your preparation going into that. You know, you mentioned, you know, you hope to just qualify and all that. But, you know, uh, what was it just trial and error getting the setup? Uh, did you have so, some help in picking the setup? You know, what, what, what got you to have that winning car and to get to victory lane? Uh, well, you know, a huge, uh, a lot of credit goes to, uh, to my teammates, uh, Seth. And then we, we had some Alliance, uh, with Nick Ottinger and, you know, of course those guys, I mean, they don't get any better, right? Those, those are the top of the top of the line for those guys. They're, they're so good at setting up those cars. Um, and, uh, they, <laughs> so, I mean, Seth handed me this setup to qualify with it. I, I got to that stage racing my way. I understood the cars uh, a good bit. I, I felt like I could race them pretty good, uh, on the fixed setup, but you know, I got through all that. We went on to qualifying and, and Seth handed me this setup and, uh, you know, I went out to test just myself and I, I probably crashed down into turn one the first about 20 times I drove it. I just, it was that wow. hard to control. Uh, so I, I put in probably about. Uh, about 300 qualifying laps of practice over a good couple of days just to make sure I didn't crash it. Uh, you know, I knew it could be a pole winning uh, setup. 
But even all the practice I did, I think I was about a, a half a tenth off of uh, Ottinger and, and Seth, uh, what they could run, which is just crazy. So I was telling them maybe by next year, you know, I, I keep on practicing. Maybe I'll be fast enough. But um, no, I was just uh, it was that hard to drive. So I was just happy not to you know, pin it during qualifying. But uh, they, they, they set me up for success for sure. That's awesome. So you want to have the problem Nick Ottinger had of uh, being able to start uh, at the rear for an extra 20 grand next next year right yeah hopefully that'd be pretty cool <laughs> landon man um did you ever think you know i i remember hearing the term uh, alliances a lot back in the tandem drafting days at daytona and talladega did you think in, in the iRacing world and in a series that that's you know your brainchild that you'd have guys talking about alliances and setups and all that kind of stuff <laughs> I, you know, I can't say that I specifically predicted it, but ultimately that's one of the beauties about iRacing in this platform. It is still real racing. Um, you might want to call it virtual or whatever it is, but the motorsports aspect of it is still real. And, and the fact that we run open setups uh, for the main event portion of these e-racer events makes these teams and drivers uh collaborate and work on their setup and find the most efficient way to come up with a competitive car. So when you're when you are at you know Nick Ottinger's level and, and you're building the best setups, it's going to attract uh, alliances and other drivers and teams that want to work with you. That's so cool, man. Uh, so, Landon, talk a little bit about the success of the event. Uh, you know, I, I know that when when I worked with you guys for the um, Carnomaly 500, you guys were talking about some of the numbers and the increases from the first year Firecracker to the Carnomaly. Uh, and now talk about from year to year from the fire two Firecrackers and from the increase from February to now this July event that you guys had. Yeah, we had uh, just incredible feedback um, on this event. It really feels like this Firecracker 400 is an instant classic uh, in the sim racing community. We feel like it's got great brand recognition already, even just after doing it twice. Uh, Dale Jr. is excited about it. He's told us that he'll run it anytime. He's offering to help um, in the future and and keep this event as big as possible. So our viewership was, was through the roof. Our social engagement was through the roof. We we're really proud of everything. Uh, you know, we felt like last year there were just a ton of eyeballs to watch, um, races and to watch sim racing streaming. Um, and, and we, we thought that would be a challenge this year to match those eyeballs because people are, you know, kind of out of the pandemic and they're getting out of their houses. Uh, but, I can tell you that our social media engagement was over more than quadrupled what we saw last year. So uh, just the exposure from social media, the engagement on Twitter, um, it was it made the event so much larger than it was last year and, and it was incredible so we got a lot of people to thank for that i mean our whole team works extremely hard at eraser we've got about 20 people that work on these events um and and obviously blue emu for coming on to be the title sponsor that's awesome well all right so i gotta thank josh because josh really helped keep uh this together for me in terms of helping me coordinate with everybody and all that so i gotta i gotta give a huge shout out to josh that's for sure um landon uh, uh i mean I, I know when you were on a couple of weeks ago, like it was just, you know, craziness, getting this together, racing together. Now that this is done and you guys are going to be on a break for a couple of weeks. I mean, what are you going to do with yourself, <laughs> man? Like, do you know how to relax? 
<laughs> well, I'm plenty busy already. I've, I've actually tomorrow I'm flying to Vegas. I'm speaking at a conference for Voyager, and uh, obviously I'm racing full time, and and I've got a lot going on in, in the real world. Uh, so you know, when it comes to e-racer stuff, we'll be buttoning up the Firecracker 400. We've got a lot of drivers that we got to get paid, including Michael Cozy Jr. Your winner is gonna he's earned himself two thousand bucks. I bet you're excited to see that. Mm. <laughs> and um, and so we'll we'll get to work on the next event. Uh, which is going to be the the LCQC, the Landing Castle Qualifying Challenge, will come back. It's going to come back in a little bit different form than you've seen in the past. Uh, the prizes will be just as big, uh, but the format is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be made for TV. It's going to be exciting, and hopefully the com- community embraces it and uh, and gets involved. That's awesome, Michael. Man, what's what's next for you, man? What's some of the next big races that you got coming up? For me. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. I um, uh, I hadn't really thought about it a whole lot, but um, I just uh, well, I'm in the middle of road to pro <laughs> right now with iRacing, uh, uh, trying to you know get on the uh, get on the ladder to the the Coke Series. First time I've ever tried it. Um, so so far so good. Made the top seventy in the first round, but uh, you know a lot of work I uh, still got to do to to get through the second round here. With uh, starting off with Knoxville, which I <laughs> I'm terrible at dirt racing, so I still got a lot of figuring out to do. But um, yeah, between that and um, just some other league races and, and other stuff like that, um, I don't I don't know exactly where it'll take me. But um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to, for for whatever comes in the, in the next couple of months here that's awesome well i imagine we're going to see you in whatever the eraser series puts together i'm sure we'll be talking to you in february uh maybe next july all that good stuff uh mike tell everybody where they can follow you on social media whether it's twitch to watch or social media twitter to engage and all that good stuff i got a little bit of everything i'm i'm Win Valley 820 on everything uh, from, you know, streaming races on Twitch uh, to YouTube where I play uh, NASCAR Dirt to Daytona at the moment. Some F1 stuff, uh, any of the NASCAR console games. Uh, and, of course, Twitter. You can always reach out to me on Twitter. I always like talking to everybody on Twitter. It's a good time. So um, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Landon, where can everybody keep up with you, man? Yeah, I spend most of my time on Twitter. So that's where you can find me at Landed Castle on Twitter and on Instagram, everything else. And obviously follow eraser underscore GG on all the platforms as well. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, listen, Landon, uh, good luck this weekend in Atlanta. Uh, Michael, congrats on the win. Guys, thank you so much for letting me be a part of another one of these things with you guys. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Look forward to working with you guys down the road and uh, keeping in contact. Thanks Thank a lot. You. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Oh, another exciting Firecracker 400. So awesome to be a part of the E-Racer community there back in February with the Carnomaly 500 and July, the Firecracker 400. Great to get to meet some new people uh, and interact with Landon and Parker and all that. So, so awesome. So uh, it, it's it's been an honor to be uh, in a part of that with those guys. So a lot of fun. Can't wait for the next one. Uh, all right. Right now, though, it's time. Let's get Mr. Brian Newdorf on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line after an extended week off from the show. You can follow him on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN, along with Aaron Studwell at Race Weather. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Mr. Brian Newdorf. Sir, how are you? Yeah, I mean, it was. Well, I'm thankful to Aaron for the fact that not only was my flight late, then my luggage was 
not put on the flight. Okay, let's just – it wasn't lost. They knew where it was. They just decided <laughs> not to put it on the plane, and they said that over the – they didn't say, Brian, we're not going to put your uh, luggage on the plane, but uh, they did kind of say some luggage will not be on the plane, and, of course, they didn't really quite say who, and then when you get there and wait for two hours. So, yeah, thanks to Aaron because I just could not um, – make the phone call yeah no i believe it i'd have been a little steamy i was like literally i think i was like literally walking just landed and i get a text like you want to do it now i'm like i literally at deboarding the plane yep yeah no no it's all good man glad uh uh everything finally got situated there but that is never a fun process at all um i've had it to where our luggage made it to the spot and we didn't make it to the spot which is always kind of a unique one so uh yeah that's it, it happens, but, you know, it's it's always throws a wrench in it when it does happen. That's for sure. Uh, how was your 4th of July, man? Um, I worked, but uh, it was okay. Um, I mean, some people have followed a little bit. I got to see uh, some of the um, hydroplane boats race uh, on the Ohio a little bit. I didn't get to see much because it was work, and we were doing um, for the local county emergency management to keep in track of weather. Now, the good news is weather was perfect, so there was uh, – no concern, no issue, but still, uh, it was a work day. Cool. Yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, something different at least, right. Get you out of the office. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely nice. It was a new experience to, uh, to learn and different things like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, all right, man. Well, we're, we're headed to two different racetracks this weekend. We're going to Knoxville for some dirt truck racing Friday night and then down to Hotlanta for Xfinity and cup. How are things looking for this weekend? Um, let me see. It's July. It's hot. It's humid. And it's the Southeastern United States. Do I need to go on any further? Well, I don't not. know. <laughs> I mean, and then people are going to, it's in, I think it's going to be one of those weekends where we are going to ask, why don't they put a dome over the track? And why can't they race rain tires on an oval? And, um, I'm going to probably see 37 different weather apps that say completely different things. And, uh, their radar 5,000 says this. No, um, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm a little cheeky. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no one particular system, but uh, we've got some just going to have a hot and humid air mass over from anywhere. I mean, part of the reason is, too, is, um, you know, right after tropical system, uh, Elsa and should be that point by Friday or by Friday should be up along the East Coast as a just a, a low, not a tropical system. But uh, a system's going to try to work closer uh, to the Tennessee Valley. Uh, for Friday, so that's going to keep the chance of showers for the Knoxville area, and then even scattered showers and thunderstorms. They could be potentially widely scattered. So it's now a lot of times we get these scattered showers, and I like to say it's more miss than hit. It may be more hit than miss, but we will have to watch that. Unfortunately, this far out, we just don't know where individual pop-up cells or how widely scattered this activity will become. And then that pretty much carries us into the weekend as we're just kind of inundated with all this. Uh, moisture in place. But again, to, to kind of talk about looking at Friday, it's warm, it's humid. Uh, it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's a washout by any situ by any stretch of the means, but still uh, Friday into Friday night, uh, they've definitely got a uh, chance of showers. Usually we do see the, uh, the risk of activity typically diminishes uh, once the sun goes down. So that is something that plays well, depending on again. And a lot of times like Aaron and I will say is how long are certain things going to late if it's a night race? And then as we go into Atlanta for the weekend, um, it definitely, I'd say the odds of racing are somewhere in the 60, 70% chance if I'm going to be 
somewhat conservative here. Uh, I don't like to go anything below that this far out because, again, a lot of things have to happen. But it's you're talking about temperatures, uh, you know, near 90 and you got scattered showers and thunderstorms, especially as you go towards the afternoon. So this is going to be a complicated forecast. Um, if you are going to the race, I typically tell fans have, you know, especially with this far out and you got that higher than normal, definitely higher than 30 percent chance of showers. Um, start thinking about a backup plan if you can. It never hurts. I mean, after my experience going to rained out races, uh, it's almost built in. You know, it's easier to cancel a hotel reservation than it is to um, make a new one at the last minute. So, um, and especially right now in this post COVID apocalypse where hotel rooms are going like $400 a night in some situations, you want to make sure you're prepared the best you can. Absolutely. 100%. All right. So, Potentially a little wet out there this weekend, both places. But uh, hey, you know we'll uh, we'll persevere around that and and have some fun, uh, sir. Next week, man. Uh, I know you've talked about it the last couple times you've been on. Uh, that it's been a minute since you and Aaron have been on the show together. Uh, and now is he week, still doing that? Or are we still? I mean, yeah. <laughs> next week, episode two fifty, kind of you know a little milestone number there. So I thought next week would be a good time to have you both on the show. Have some fun for a little bit. So uh, why would you do that to your audience? I know, right? <laughs> your, isn't your goal to keep? Isn't your goal to keep them? I, I need a time filler for next week. So no. <laughs> it's yes, it's the off weekend. Let's just make sure we're clear. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get something scheduled with you and Aaron for next week to have some fun for a little bit. And uh, always a pleasure, sir. As always, definitely. And, you know, we're, I, 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 you know, I liked your what post about 15 minutes ago. You know, you're really now you're just looking like you want people to be friends with you. You right. know, you're yeah, just yeah, like, uh, you yes. want to yeah. <laughs> you want to be my friend. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you're looking for friends yet. The friends you have, you don't even invite to sing. Right. It's like, you know, I'm, I see how it is. I just, you know, I, I want new friends, but I can't hold on to the ones I have. Exactly. I mean, exactly. You got it, man. All right. Live Traffic Nation. Huge thanks to Brian Newdorf for calling in tonight. Make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN along with Aaron Studwell at Race Weather who will catch both next week on the show. Sir, uh, thanks so much and we'll catch you next week. Sounds good. All right, we'll see ya. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Oh, great to catch up with Brian. Can't wait to have them both on next week. Uh, right now, it is time for the most condensed Lucky Dog and Lap Down segment in history of the Lap Traffic Podcast. And here's why. And that's because I dropped the ball Sunday and forgot to send out my tweet looking for your Lucky Dog and Lap Down pick. So, uh, fortunately, there are some of you dedicated diehards which I love you, uh, just sent some tweets in anyways. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I don't have a problem making fun of myself, so we'll, we'll just go at it from that. So that's that. My lucky dog is Chase Elliott and three-day holiday weekends. Uh, my lap down is me because I didn't send out the tweet for the first time in the history of doing the lucky dog and lap down segment. So uh, there's that. So uh, real quick, uh, Scott at 1985 Wagner's lucky dog chase from seller to stellar, a lap down, spin it, not win it. I love it. Uh, and then Brian at Storm and B81, who you're going to hear from in just a second on the fantasy uh, segment here. Uh, lucky dog chase coming from 34th to win. He'll pass Gordon and wins and 
in less races to do it. Lap down the rest of HMS. Larson didn't have speed and mistakes from the 24 and 48. So, yep, that's it. That's your lucky dog segment this week. Uh, I will be back on the ball because I won't have 40 people at my house next Sunday uh, with Atlanta. So uh, rest assured, I'll make sure to uh, be back on my A game. So with that said, it's time to close this thing up. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. You guys know the drill. Make sure you get your picks in by Thursday, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. Right now, joining me on the line, he is one of the many that scored week high this week. You can follow him on Twitter at StormingB81. Ah, it's Brian LaFell. Brian, what's up, man? Not too much. How you doing? Oh, man, living the dream, man. How was your 4th of July? It was good, relaxed, you know, watched the race, of course, being a Chase Elliott fan. And I actually picked Chase Elliott uh, last week, so I am happy about that because I figured I would jinx him because I, I jinx people a lot. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> Uh, well, that's cool, man. Well, listen, hey, before we get into things, uh, you know, for, for those that don't follow Brian, which you should, uh, very interactive, but uh, also does a lot of posts uh, and helps spreading awareness on MS, man. So uh, floor is yours, man. Tell everyone a little bit about what you do for, for that sort of thing. All right. Well, for those that don't know, I was uh, diagnosed four years ago with uh, MS. And then I uh, was put in touch with the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, which of course is near and dear to me. Um, and once a year they have the MS Walk, which is in March, which I do, and uh, usually do the fundraising. Uh, starts about the end of uh, November and then goes to March. I always joke around saying the November, December time is my head start time because of course with the holidays. Sure. Um, but. You know, even even when it's not there, I want to, you know, spread the awareness throughout the year because it's more than just that time of year. Um, so I've been working on that, doing the videos, trying a YouTube channel because I can do more videos there. You know, well, longer videos because I only have like two, two and a half minutes with uh, Twitter. Sure. Um, but like I said, I like to do the videos, um, especially because... You know, I don't want to sound like the robot, like you, you sometimes see. I want, you know, tell everyone, you know, what I go through, you know, on a daily basis and how it affects me, you know, and how it affects others as well. So, you know, you figure the more you spread awareness, the more people know about it, you know, the better, you know, the better it is. Absolutely. No, I love it, man. Excellent. All right. Well, all right, this week, you had Chase and AJ, as you said, good for 94 points, two bonus points, and week high. I had AJ Martin Truex, uh, which was good for 81. I dropped a little bit in segment two and in the cumulative standings. I'm down to 38th in segment two. Uh, Brian, you're right behind me, 42nd, uh, but uh, you're 58th cumulative, so you got some work to do if you're going to try to sneak into the playoffs here, man. See, see, I was one of the ones, you know, that didn't pick Kyle Larson every week. I that, know. That's where I messed up. I know, man. Next year, that will not be an issue. That It will <laughs> definitely be different. But uh, Oh, yeah. All right. Let's see here. Top 10. Segment 2 is Steven from DFS NASCAR with 919. In second with 860 is Henry Fletcher. In third with 859 is Kristen Hoglin. Uh, in fourth with 856 is Jay 
Jeff Bevan in fifth is Jess Rose with 854. Matthew Miles coming in sixth with 852. Pete Curvin in seventh with 845. Glenn Atkinson eighth. Chad Robin ninth. And Joe Houston wraps out our top ten in segment two. Uh, bonus points. Henry Fletcher still in first with nine. Uh, we got John Whistle in second with eight. We got Carson Haglin, Chad Robb, and Eric Souter with six. Jumpy Bob, Brad Carnes, Eddie Greer, Fred LeClaire, Glenn Atkins, and Joseph Scabino all have five. And then over to the cumulative standings uh, in first place, Henry Fletcher with 2,055. John Atwinsell drops to second with 2,027. Then it's Jeff Beaven, Jeff Rose, Pete Curvin, Stephen from DFS, Glenn Atkins, Brad Carnes, yours truly, uh, and Joe Houston in ninth, Josh Neal in tenth, Fred LeClaire in eleventh, Chad Robb in twelfth, Carson Haglin in thirteenth, David Mullins fourteenth, Charles LaPierre and Michael from Blind Spot Podcast tied for fifteenth, and then John King wraps out our top sixteen right now. So there's that. All right, Brian, what do you say? You ready to make some picks? Oh, yes, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Lat Traffic Fantasy players, we are headed to Atlanta this weekend for Cup and Xfinity. In the Cup Series, Ford has six straight wins in Atlanta. Chevy does not have an active driver that has won at Atlanta. How crazy is that? Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Casey Kane, Tony Stewart are the last Chevy winners. And then, of course, you got the usual Toyota suspects in the mix. We've only got six cup races to go in segment two. And with everyone picking Larson as of late, are you going to pull the trigger on one of the heavy hitters that you might have sitting on your bench still? And what about the truck series? We're going dirt racing at Knoxville. This is going to be a fun and interesting one to watch in our second truck dirt race of the year. Who keeps it clean in the dirt? Who can survive the bumps of Atlanta? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it's time for our picks. Brian, we'll start with you. Who do you got for the truck series? Uh, for the truck series, you know, I, I gotta go with John Hunter Nemechek. Have to. I know it's a, I know it's, I know it's a dirt track, but you know, and I'm, I'm sure all, all, all of my followers who know I don't like Kyle Busch or Kyle Busch Motorsports are going to get on me for that. But you know, you got, you got to go with uh, who's doing really well. Got to play for points, man. <laughs> oh yes. All right. Oh, I think John Hunter is my pick as well. Over in the Xfinity series at Atlanta, who do you got? I got uh, Sindra. I think he gets. I think he gets back in the win column this week. You know, it's been, it's been a couple of weeks since he has it won, but I, I think he's going to break through and get that win this week. All right, I am going to go with AJ Allmendinger. I think he's been on a hot streak as of late. Time to go pick up another win in Atlanta. Uh, and then the Cup Series. Who do you got? Well, I'm probably going to disappoint everyone here because, as you see, when I joke around, everyone who I pick usually has a bad week. And I think that Chevy's going to get that win. I can't pick Chase Elliott because I did it last week, so I picked Kyle Larson. All right, man. I am with you. You and I, we got two for two. Uh, Chevy's going to get it done, and I'm like, why not? Time to get on the Larson bandwagon. At least get some points. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love it. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks for calling in. Good luck this week, and maybe we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right, man. We'll see you. All right. Lat Traffic Nation, that is going to do it. For episode 249 of the Lap Traffic Podcast, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, YouTube, the Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Hey, if you want to be a part of next week's show, episode 250, DM me, tweet at me, shoot me an email, whatever, and I'll get you on the show. Uh, huge thanks to Brian Newdorf, Brian LaFell, Dustin Albino, Michael Corsi Jr., and Landon Castle, all for being a part of the show this week. Next week, 
It's your guys' show. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya.